Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Kuchisaku listeners, happy, happy Friday. I am so excited. I really can't contain myself. This is my excited voice right here. And I am super excited because Christina's back, everyone. Yay. I am. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking about a really special anime. I mean, they're all special, I think, to me and to Christina. But this one was just fun and funny and uh, quite charming. I think it's just a charming series about high school relationships, about partnerships, about romantic relationships and friendships. And the anime that we're covering is Hori Mia. So if you don't know Hori Mia, the story is about a boy and a girl who um, they show up in a certain way in school and then outside of school they're totally different people. So one of them shows up as a really pretty girl and the other person shows up as this really quiet emo boy. And what we don't know is that the pretty girl has some interesting dislikes and likes and has some maybe anger issues. And the emo boy who's super quiet is actually kind of cool. He has like piercings and he's a little bit of a badass. Yeah. Well, first of all, hello, Coach Taku listeners. I am, in fact, back. I have a beautiful human at home, but I have not lost my love for my first child, Coach Taku. Um, so before we get into like the coaching theme for today, one thing that I, I just like really fangirl over Horimiya, I don't know what it is about this series. In a lot of ways, it, it takes that classic equation, right, of Character A seems to be almost too perfect. Character B has something that they don't really love about themselves, but you see both of them reconcile who they really are by falling in love with each other. Um, But I think part of what I like about Horimiya is that it's not, it's not the typical plot driven series. Like it's not 13 episodes of Hori, the female lead and um, Miyamura, the male lead playing hot and cold, guessing if they like each other. They they actually confess to each other fairly early in the series, but it really becomes more of like this episodic anecdotal take of what it means to be a high schooler and what it means to be developing relationships, both relationships with other people and really ultimately relationships with yourself, which is why we decided one of the Uh, best topics to talk about for this particular series is the concept of authenticity. And so we've had episodes in the past on authenticity. I'm not going to belabor the point too much of why it matters in coaching, but I think especially how it shows up in a series like this one is, you know, I think I think a lot of people have the misconception in the world that in order to get what you want in life, you have to be like, like perfectly healed and perfect. You know, there's no room for flaw or error. 
And what I actually find in coaching work is that the first thing that it takes to get what you want in life is to be authentic about what it is that you want. And I think something that's really exciting about watching Hori and Miyamura's relationship develop with each other is neither of them are perfect individuals. They don't have this like massive revelation that has them capable of confessing to each other. They're still awkward high school students. They still have weird uh, habits and personality quirks to them, but it's more like chasing after the thing that they want, which is a relationship with each other causes them to, to grow into the people that they get to be. I think there is a part of that, Christina, that you just touched on that's so key for so many of us. And that's that we have to be perfect in order to have. And how many of us haven't ever had the thought, if only I were a bit prettier, a bit thinner, a bit taller, a bit shorter, a bit, you know, whatever it is, if only I were more of this, if only I had more money, um, more stability, if only I had whatever it is, how many of us hadn't had that thought at least once? And then we're like, well, I won't do it until I get to that point. And then what we realize is that we never actually get there. And it actually sometimes stops us from going after the things that we want and from fulfilling our desires, because we just don't feel that we're good enough to get there or whatever the, whatever your flavor of that story is. So I think what's one of the things that struck me about this relationship here is how easy it was for them, even though they were so different and had such different personalities. They showed up one way at school, but in their personal lives, they were totally distinct. Like um, Miyamura, he showed up as really quiet and very shy and very awkward and very alone. And then outside, he's like, you see him straighten up and he pulls his hair a certain way and you can see all his piercings and he has tattoos. He's a little bit of a bad boy. And then we have Hori on the other hand, who comes in and she's like the beautiful popular girl and she's always pristine. And then outside of school, she has this persona where she's just like very down to earth. And we see her taking care of her brother because mom works so hard and dad is I'm not sure about that. And we'll talk about them, I think, maybe later on. But that's not really there. So you see this different part of Hori, who's like a caretaker and very nurturing and very casual, which is very different than the way that she shows up at, at school. And so you see them kind of run into each other and meet this, these different personas. And I think that's actually what the attraction initially was. It's like, oh, I'm surprised by this. And that's how a natural friendship formed between them. And I think what was really awesome to watch was how they were actually really curious and they followed that curiosity, which led to them blossoming into this, this relationship that was so much fun to experience. Yeah. Not only was it fun to experience their blooming relationship, but it was really endearing, you know, um, like whoever's listening right now, just take a moment and think to yourself. Who currently in your life like really gets you? And when I say gets you, like really gets all of you, knows all of you, and sees all of you, because I think that's what's so romantic in a way about this relationship is that as Hori and Miyamura get to know each other in that capacity, they hold it as so precious, they almost don't want anyone else to find out. Like there are even some instances in the series where Hori like tells Miyamura, like, don't let anyone else know that this is how you actually are. And 
I think it's such a valuable takeaway in how we hold authenticity. Like it's something that needs to be kept private or only those that we are like most intimate with. And I think one of the like intentional or unintentional as it may be lessons of the series is how do you be, how do you get to be your whole self with everyone all the time? And how do you get to celebrate that? And as I mentioned before, like this isn't one of those series where you see a protagonist who feels shitty about themselves, has the massive transformation and then gets the partner. If anything, they, like Miyamoto in particular remains fairly awkward throughout the series, but comes into himself along the way. Like something that I love is that he confesses to Hori while she's sick, exactly as he is, you know, no major confidence changes or outward appearance changes. But after the fact, when people are challenging, hey, how did this emo boy end up with this beautiful girl? He goes on to change his physical appearance, not to fake who he is, but I actually held it as like to demonstrate how he holds himself now. Like that emo, gloomy, sad person was a person of his past. And, you know, the pretty boy with great bangs and a nice haircut and a beautiful girlfriend is him stepping into who he really is and what he really gets to have in life when he owns that about himself. Yeah. And so tying it back to this thing with authenticity, it's I think it's one of the powerful impacts of just showing up as to who you are without really second guessing in it or thinking about it too much. I think what Hori and Miyamura do for themselves, like for each other, is that they make it safe to be their full selves with each other, which then enables them to show up more authentically with the people around them. And I think that's what really helps Miyamura cut his hair and Hori kind of explore different aspects of her personality and how she shows up in these relationships. But Christine, I know that there are other characters that we can touch upon that are around the circle of friends that also need a little bit of help kind of showing up authentically and how that impacts them. Yeah, but I I can't lie. Before I move on to them, can we just... Because I think you liked this series at least a fraction as much as I did. Can we just like have a fangirl moment for a second? Like, you know, outside of the coaching, just inside of the being lovers of anime, like what are like what was like a standout moment or episode or even just exchange for you as you watched the series and fell in love with it? Okay, we briefly talked about this, Christina. And I was like, hmm, I'm not sure about our audience now. But probably one of the funniest moments that I was like, what is happening here was when Hori is explaining to Miyamura how she wants him to talk to her in a certain way, in a very aggressive sort of way. And Miyamura is so uncomfortable by this. And then what I thought, one, it was just really funny to see these exchanges as he's really struggling to do this for her. But I think what was endearing about it was how hard he was trying (laughs) to make her happy and how much he had to step outside of himself to try something new. And the other part of it that I thought was really heartwarming was he actually goes to Hori's father to get advice. And he's like, Hey, can we talk about something? Cause your daughter, she's asked me to do something. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and that's like, he's like, Oh, like that. huh? <laughs> and then the part of it that was really funny was that dad was like, you know what? It's probably because you're so the opposite of that. And 
it's probably something that she just can't see you as normally that she's asking to see this because it's only you. <laughs> it's like she's not asking any this of anyone else. This is just you. That was one of my favorites. What about you? So silly. <laughs> Don't yuck someone's yum, but interesting. Uh yeah, for me, look, I'm a sucker for romance and I'm a you know, I'm a sucker for those feel-good moments. And I really, really do love the episode where Hori got some feedback from her other girlfriends that her liking horror movies isn't cute. And so you have this whole interaction between her and Miyamoto where she's trying really hard to be what she thinks cute should be. And it becomes so awkward and so unnatural that she like face plants in her bed and gets really embarrassed and eventually confesses that she's scared that Miyamoto won't love her anymore if she isn't like a traditional cute girl. And you see Miyamoto laugh at her and, you know, share candidly, like, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with you for you to be a certain way. Who exactly who you are is who I fell in love with. And the fact that you're smart and the fact that you're a loud mouth and the fact that you're beautiful and the fact that you're angry, like those are all the things that I love about you. Kind of talking about authenticity. And it's great because in turn, you know, you see Hori go, oh yeah, like I love this guy who is pretty, but also scrawny and who is compassionate, but also a scaredy pants. And it's such a, it's such a tender moment to me, because it's just this reminder. I think when we use the word authenticity, we think like some pure transformed better than the rest self, but authenticity includes even the stuff that we don't necessarily love about ourselves or see value in about ourselves. And so it's just such a tender moment to have them both reflecting on how they love the whole of the other person, even those qualities that the other may find off-putting about themselves. My other favorite moment, Christina, before we move on, was when um, Miyamura confronts his uh, school bullies and he's actually with Hori when this happens and they're they're starting to talk stuff, you know, they're looking at him the same way that they used to look at him and Hori's standing behind him and you can see the fire flare up (laughs) inside of her and what the moment was funny and it was also intense, but I think what struck me from it was how Miyamura after is reflecting on that. And he says, I'm actually not alone anymore. And there's someone who cares about me enough to get angry. And I was like, oh, my heart, I have all the feels. Okay, I'm done. It's good shit. You don't need to be done. But, um, you know, shifting focus for other characters that we love in the series You know, I feel like we would be remiss to be talking about authenticity and not touch on the fascinating love triangle that emerges between Kono, Ishikawa, and Yoshikawa. Um, And so uh, I guess this is spoilers. We didn't give a spoiler warning this go around, but you've been with us long enough. You should know we're talking about details of the series. So you have uh, Ishikawa, who in some ways is the most authentic upfront in the series because he's the one that's quick to confess to Hori, get rejected, pick himself up again. You have Yoshikawa, who is the other girl in that that quad of a friend group, uh, 
who's, you know, laughy and bubbly and silly, but it's apparent down the road that she really struggles in being authentic with what she wants. And then you have Kono, who's just outside of this friend circle to start, but who clearly has the hops for Ishikawa, but has a lot of, you know, personal self-image issues that are preventing her from even like admitting how she feels out loud. So that's the lay of the land. Where where do we even start with, with, with these three, Mary? Let's start with Kono, Christina. And I think so Kono is really introverted. And you can tell that she has a crush on this guy. And then she's making cookies for him. <laughs> you know, she's trying really hard to find a way to express herself. And I think that what I admire about Kono is that she actually does. At the end of the day, she does confess her feelings and she's waiting for a response. And what struck me about her is just that it took a lot for her to be able to be authentic with her feelings to be able to express them because we see her struggling we see her acting weirdly and then finally she tells her best friend I like a guy (laughs) and that kind of sets in motion this plan to like release her feelings and express herself to the boy that she likes I think that took a lot of bravery and courage for her especially as a high school student who feels not as pretty as some of as some of the other girls who feels less than in certain areas, even though she's pretty brilliant. This is actually really fun. She's really smart. She's really cute. And that she's taking this leap of faith to see what happens. And that's that's where we are with Kono, who's going through this process. And then we have the other two characters, Christina. So which one do you want to tackle next? Well, I think just because of this theme of authenticity, like I want to hone in on Yoshikawa because there's this moment that really introduces Yoshikawa's relationship to authenticity. And the moment is, and she's in a bookstore and she finally finds like the last copy of the magazine that she really wanted. And it turns out that someone else is going for it at the same time. And she lets the other person have it. And Hori reflects that Yoshikawa for all her smiles and all her giggles routinely does this thing where she isn't upfront about what it is that she wants in life and then tends to be really upset when as a result, she doesn't get it or she misses out on it. And, you know, I think this is something that I see with a lot of my clients in particular, where they're not willing to be authentic about saying what it is that they want. And usually they're not honest about it from a place of fear that they can't have it. And, you know, You see this pretty clearly with Yoshikawa because she develops this crush on Ishikawa. um, And it it just seems like the reason why she creates all these convoluted ways to be in a fake relationship with him is because she just doubts that she's beautiful enough or cute enough or smart enough or interesting enough for a guy like him to want to be with her in return. So it's fascinating, right? Because on one hand, you have Kono who has the same fears. And then you have Yoshikawa who also is scared of how it's going to go. But the difference is that Kono actually gets there a little bit faster and like, hey, I just need to express this, however it goes. And then Yoshikawa kind of takes her time with it. She has to process it in a different way. She has to approach it from a different way. 
And I think what I found really striking about that is that as humans, we're also very similar. Like some of us are going to want to release the thing because we just need to get it off our chest and it's it'll be easier to actually express it than to keep it inside. But then there are others of us that need to process it slightly different and that we have our own timing when it comes to how we express feelings, emotions, and how we connect to what we have inside. And for me, what was interesting about Yoshikawa was the moment that she's actually on the rooftop and she's comparing herself to Kono because she knows how Kono feels. And one of the things that struck me is that she, her name means no. And she's looking at herself. She's reflecting upon herself as dirty snow, as something that isn't good or right. And how Kono is great because she's been making an effort and she said the thing and she went for it. And how dare she now try to circumvent and go through a back door to do the same thing. So it's kind of fascinating to me the way that her mental, the way that she's picturing herself relating to herself was actually stopping her from being authentic. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think, I think for a lot of fans, myself included, it can feel a little frustrating that whatever the heck's going on between Ishikawa and Yoshikawa never has like a clear definitive resolution. But in some ways, I think it's important to show that because it's just a reminder of like, hey, if you don't go for what you want, you risk living in vagueness around it for forever. And I think comparatively to a couple like Hori and Miyamura that are very upfront and honest with each other, even to the point of sometimes almost like misunderstanding the other person's honesty, I think it's really important to see as viewers, even if you're frustrated by it, like, yeah, if you're not upfront and honest with your feelings, then you risk never really getting to know what was possible or what's available or what, if any future is next with this person. And then ultimately it's really up to you. You know, we are the designers of our life and how they go. And we get to choose whether we want to stay in the vagueness or whether we want to be a little bit more like Hori Miyamura and just go for it and express it. And I think the important thing about this trio too is that Kono got her response when she saw the relationship between the other two. And I think this actually enabled her to just release the thing. And yes, it was painful and it's hurtful and we see her cry, but she's able to get, hey, this isn't for me. And she's able to process and release her feelings and hopefully for the better, right? We're going to see, hopefully for Kono, she'll find a different partnership that's more suited for her. Yeah. And so as we start to wrap up this episode, you know, um, I do want to go back to Miyamoto for just a moment because a lot of what we've touched on throughout the episode, like the idea of being honest with yourself, then being honest with others, then, you know, the point you just made, Mary, where Kono was willing to at least risk it, like willing, willing to take that chance and see what happened. I feel like all of these different lessons are summarized really pointedly by Miyamoto uh, at the end of the series, because what we've seen over and over again is Miyamoto has these instances where he's re-reminded of who he was in middle school. And that person was lonely, sad, depressed, gloomy, uh, 
just had this notion that he hated everything in the world. And in multiple parts of the series, when he confronts this part of himself, he almost tries to act like he's not there or he tries to push him away or ignore him. And something that's really special, in my opinion, at the end of the series is that you see Miyamoto envisioning this middle school self and actually acknowledging him for the first time and saying like, hey, because I was you, I'm now me. So thanks so much for being on this journey with me and helping me make it all happen. And in that instance, him accepting all of who he has been gives that past part permission to his like current self to go live the rest of his life. And I think this middle school version of him even says like, oh, I just wanted you to finally acknowledge me. Like, I wanted you to remember that, like, I'm here and this is also where we came from. And now that you've done that, thanks for having a great life and keep continuing to do it. And like, I'm proud of us. Hey, if you haven't watched the series and you just heard that and you don't watch it, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know. But Christina, it's so good to have you back. So good to be back, Mary. And similarly, so good to be back with you all. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my hiatus as best as you could. If you missed me and you're glad I'm back, feel free to let us know. You can follow us on Coach Taku Pod. You can leave reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to our amazing programming. Um, But for now, thanks again for tuning in. Really excited to be back. If there are any up and coming series, whether it's, you know, winter 2021, 22, uh, things down the road, uh, whatever the case may be, as always, you can let us know by shooting us a DM or emailing us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. And thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Till next time. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Taku. For subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Takupod, D-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.